You are listening to the Passion City Church Podcast. To learn more about Passion City Church, including our gathering times in Atlanta and Washington, D.C., visit us online at passioncitychurch.com. Today's talk comes from Pastor Louis Giglio. Uh, It's great having uh, Patrick here today. Patrick, thank you so much for writing an anthem for the church and an anthem for our church and uh, so much so that we're in the midst of a series wrapping it up today, Breakthrough Miracle Power. We started uh, with Breakthrough a few weeks ago. Last week we told miracle stories. So I love it. You can't deny when you have the lives of five people who've been transformed during a pandemic by the gospel story of Jesus. Today we're ending on power and God wants you to know that whatever you need, he can supply. I think so many times our narrative begins with and oftentimes is dominated by I can't. I can't do that. I can't make that happen. I'm not going to be able to pull that off. I'm not going to be able to get through this season. I don't know if I'm going to be able to reconcile that. I don't know if I'm going to be able to have the strength to overcome that. I can't is oftentimes the beginning point, but not just the beginning point. A lot of times I can't is sort of the narrative of our story. And today, God wants to get into every little I can't and every huge I can't. And he wants to just speak the hope of breakthrough miracle power. Because the reason we came to church today is because we already knew we couldn't. But if we just all knew we couldn't, there wouldn't be any point in gathering today. We gather today because we knew we couldn't, but God did. And what God did was more than we could ever do. Therefore, we came today to proclaim a God who can. So we begin with, I can't, but we journey with, but God, you can. And the narrative of our lives changes by the power of the gospel. There's a few things that God wants you to see today. And he says that to you and me right in the text. Our text today is Ephesians 1. And if you have your scripture, I want to encourage you to open it with me to that, to that chapter. And in this chapter, Paul prays for this particular church. He wrote this letter to a church, but in the process, he's praying for the church, meaning he's praying for you. So God is writing a prayer for you today. And the prayer is that you and I would see something, but not with our eyes, with our heart, so that we would come to know something really. So the goal of today for God, for the next few minutes, why the power of this word is that you and I would come to know something. And that from that something that we come to know, it would impact what we do. And that's possible for you and me. The prayer begins in verse 15. And he says, for this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for the saints, I've not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. And I keep asking. So now he's going to unpack what the prayer is. But I want to make sure that we don't miss the beginning of verse 15 where he says, for this reason. So in other words, there's something that prompted the Apostle Paul to pray this prayer for you. He wasn't just rolling along going, hey, I'm going to pray for you. Bam, here's a prayer. He was praying in the context of 
for this reason. And the for this reason is verse 1 down to verse 14. And in verse 1 down to verse 14, I get a subheader in my text that says the spiritual blessings in Christ. So in those verses, God is talking about how he miraculously took you from a a place of not having anything to having everything in Christ. How he chose you, how he loved you, how he blessed you, how he invited you, how he adopted you, how he redeemed you, how he forgave you, how he showed you the mystery of his will, how he made you one of the first to hope in his glory, how he has given you the seal of his Holy Spirit and the promise of a day when he is going to redeem you fully into his presence, into eternity. So he's starting with you, you are nobody and now you're a son or a daughter of almighty God. You did not have a shot with God, but by grace through his love and his mercy and forgiveness, you're now adopted in to the family of God. You didn't have what you need, but now you have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. He's saying everything about you when you joined your life to Jesus has changed. The the story in these verses, and we preached it here before, I put a little dot in my text everywhere it said in Christ, 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 in Christ. The story here isn't me anymore. It's me joined together with Jesus and joined together with Jesus. I'm a brand new person in a brand new place with brand new possibility with God. At the end of which he says, you're going to be sealed with this, the promised Holy Spirit, who is the deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. In other words, you're going to get the Holy Spirit now and he's like the down payment on an eternity with God that can't be taken away from you. So do you see where we are? We're here now in Christ. Everything's changed. Got a down payment that we're going to be in eternity standing with him. But in between there, it's going to be rough because we're going to live it all out on a broken planet. And so in the middle, given that this is who you are and this is where you're going, I want to pray something for you in the middle. In light of that and because of that, knowing that You've got all this and you're going to this place. I want to pray something for you in the middle. And there are three things that he wants you to see. Beginning in verse 18. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you, here's the first one, may know the hope to which he has called you. So the first thing Paul wants you to know in the middle is that you got a reason for being. That there is a calling on your life, that there is, that you have a future to look forward to, that God has a purpose for you. In other words, you're not just floating around among 7.8 billion people. There is a reason for your life. And God has called you into a hope and he's called you into a purpose. There's destiny written over your life. 
The second thing he wants you to see is a little bit of the upside down side of the gospel that no one ever preaches on, this next little phrase. The second thing is he wants you to see the riches, catch the words very carefully, of his glorious inheritance. The his is God's. So I'm going to say that so we don't miss it. He wants you to see the riches of God's glorious inheritance in the saints. Hello? See, we weren't transposed that. I want you to see God's glorious inheritance. What would we say? For the saints. You got saved, you got called, you got adopted, you got the spirit of God, you have a future now and a calling and there is an amazing inheritance waiting for you with God. That is true, but that's not what he's saying is the second thing that he wants you to see today. He wants you to see today that God's inheritance in eternity is you. Now, I'm going to lose my mind for the next few minutes, and you're not, apparently, so that's going to be awkward, but I'm going to lose my mind just for a minute, okay? See, the gospel always seems to be me-focused, always seems to be aimed my direction. God loves me. God's saving me. God's doing stuff for me. When I die, I'm going to heaven. When I get to heaven, I'm walking on streets of gold. When I get to heaven, I'll see Jesus. When I get to heaven, no more tears. When I get to heaven, crystal sea. When I get to heaven, a crown of glory. When I get to heaven, there'll be the applause of all those who were cheering me on because it's always kind of a aim toward me thing. And my great reward in life is if I make it to the end of the day, I get to be with Jesus. And it has never dawned on the average Christian that God is also looking forward to eternity. And what he doesn't need is any more stuff because he owns everything on planet earth. He doesn't need to make anything else because he's pretty happy with the cosmos. He doesn't need to say anything else because he has been the eternal word since the beginning of time. He's seated on a throne above all thrones. His title is above every title. He doesn't need a promotion. He doesn't need a pat on the back. He doesn't need any applause. He doesn't need anything else. Since eternity passed, he's been good. He's been God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all sufficient, totally and completely and totally and abundantly God, since there was no time, he's been good. But at a point in time, he decided to make you. And he made you unlike anybody else who's ever been made. So there are a couple of things he wants you to see today. Number one, you got a future. But number two, you have value because God made you. You say, yeah, but I, I did this too and I did that and I did this and they said that. Hey, oh, that's great. That's like not even in the picture of the beginning moment where God created, uniquely created you. And do you know why he made you? Do you know why, he, do you know why God made you? He made you for himself. He didn't make you because he needed another little soldier to wind up and get going out in his little army. 
He didn't make you because he needed another worker bee to go out and make his kingdom work. He made you because he wanted to have a relationship with you. And we all have the same gospel. We all have the same Jesus. We all have the same story. We all have the same access through grace. But each one of us has a little bit of a different relationship with God. We all have the same scripture, the same Lord, the same baptism, the same church, the same God and Father of all. But we all have a little bit different relationship with God. And when he made you, he made you for himself. And he proved that to you when he needed to come and find you and redeem you. Because if he didn't really want a relationship with you all that bad, when things went sideways, he would have said, well, too bad. I got 7.8 billion other people alive right now. But no, he sent his son onto planet Earth on a rescue mission, relentlessly pursuing you. And some of you, he's still relentlessly pursuing you right now so that he could ultimately say to you, I love you and I want you. I desire you. I created you and I'll fight for you and I will burst through whatever obstacle to get to you, to tell you I love you and I want to be in a relationship with you. And if you find that grace and you come alive in Christ, not only do you have the hope that you're going to be redeemed into an eternity with God, he has the hope that he's going to get to spend forever with you. And the only thing he's got to add to forever is you. You are what he's looking forward to in heaven because he's already got everything else that's there. And you are his glorious inheritance. He's waiting and believing that you're going to make it to that moment because he wants to spend eternity with you in the same way he was hoping to spend Saturday with you also. He's saying, I'm praying because I need, I need the eyes of your heart to open and see this. <laughs> you've got a future and you've got value. But I'm telling you, if, if we know that you've got to pray that people's heart eyes will be open to see and understand something, then that makes it very clear to me that the enemy is working in the same way to say, there are a couple things I don't want you to see, and I don't want your heart eyes to be open to. I don't want you to know that you have a future, and I don't want you to know that you have value. Therefore, there's probably someone sitting in the gathering right now, and you're like, I, I don't see any plan for me. I don't know what my purpose is on planet Earth. I don't even know if I have a purpose on planet Earth, and I'm really not hopeful about the future, and or I don't have any value. Nobody even notices me. I don't think my life is really worth all that much, and I know God probably doesn't care about me at at all. Of course, there would be people like that because if God is saying, I want you to know three things, the enemy is saying, I don't want you to know three things. I don't want you to see three things. But God wants you to know, leaving this place today, that you've got a future. You are in a future. You're already a part of a future and you have a calling on your life. And he wants you to know today that your life has value. And it's not just about what you can add. It's about the fact that God desires to have a relationship with you.
You know, a lot of us made it to church, and that's great. I mean, I'm thrilled we're at church today, but it's not what the end goal is. <laughs> the end goal is to make it to a relationship with your creator. And then he said, there's a third thing I want you to know as well. I want you to know that you have a future. I want you to know that you have value, but I also want you to know that you have the potential to overcome anything that you think you can't. And this is the way he says it, verse 19. And here comes the third thing. And his, that's God's, incomparably great power for us who believe. I mean, can, can one person say amen? Can, can, can anybody say amen? Can anybody, does anybody need that or want that? Does anybody need to know today that God can open your eyes to see that in any I can't situation that God is making available to you his incomparably great power to all of us who believe? And then he doesn't describe the future. He doesn't really describe the glorious inheritance and our value, but he really wants to drill down into the power that's available to you. And that's what he did. He says, that power, that power that's yours, this incomparably great power, is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. To expand on that, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And to amplify, God placed all things under Jesus' feet and appointed Jesus to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. How many times can you say power? I mean, how many, how many ways can you say power? He's saying, wherever you are, whatever situation you're in, whatever you're facing and whatever you can't do, I want to give you some encouragement. And there's available to you, verse 19, incomparably great power for us who believe. That power, let me describe it. It's like the working of his mighty strength. Different word now, which he exerted, different word, in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand. Four different ways he describes the power in this verse, but he gives it a reference point at the resurrection. And he says, this is the power that I exerted in Christ when I broke through death, hell, and the grave and raised my son out of the depths to brand new everlasting life. I want you to know you have that power. I want to make sure that your eyes are open to see that you have access to that power. So maybe your narrative starts with, I can't. And a lot of times it really does. But it would never continue with, I can't, because you have access to incomparably great power. The kind of power I exerted when I raised Christ from the dead is available to you. 
We're a few weeks away from Easter, and I think what we do is we're kind of always on the way to Easter. It's a highlight of the year for the followers of Jesus. I mean, what more can you celebrate that Jesus took our sins on his life and died in our place and then was raised out of the tomb by the power of Almighty God? And we're a few weeks away to Easter. We're on the way to Easter. But I think what God's trying to say today is, I don't want you to live on the way to Easter. I want you to live on the way from Easter. I want you to get in the empty tomb, look around, take a deep breath, take stock of where you are, and then I want you to come back to wherever you were standing before that and operate out of that. I don't want you to take uh, the resurrection power of Easter or, or of Jesus and copy it and paste it into Easter. I want you to take Easter and copy it and paste it into this coming Tuesday. And that's av available to you. So we should be praying with Paul today. God, I need you to open the eyes of my heart because I've been living in an I can't narrative and you've told me right now that I've got a future and a calling on my life, that I have value on my life because you are looking forward to spending eternity with me. And thirdly, that I have access to the incomparably great power that raised Jesus from the dead. And I need you to open my eyes to see that today. I, I need to get the word miracle back in my vocabulary. Amen. It's breakthrough miracle power. And we're here to serve a breakthrough miracle God. And we need to get miracle back in our vocabulary. Shouldn't be a, a once in a lifetime, I, I, I experienced a miracle or I prayed for somebody and they got a miracle. We should be realizing we are living in a miracle narrative every single day of our lives. In fact, exhibit A, we all woke up this morning. So you've been handed one miracle to steward called today because everybody didn't wake up today, but we did. And who knows how many miracles happened on the way to getting here today. It's possible God saved you from five different things getting here to this building today. You don't know how he's praying for you, how the angels are fighting for you, and you don't know what he's doing for you while you're sitting in this chair right now. You don't know how he's moving on your behalf on the other side of the planet right now, doing something that you don't even know yet that you need for him to do for you. God is working on your behalf right now. And here's a miracle. Number two, you woke up. Number, uh, number one, you woke up. Number two, God knows your name. That's a miracle. Number three, he's for you and fighting for you right now. We're in a miracle story. I meet people all the time. They're like, I don't know about miracles. You know, Jesus walked on water, raised the dead, gave sight to the blind and did all these incredible miracles. And I don't know if I've ever experienced a miracle like that. And I'm like, well, if you've never experienced a miracle, I would encourage you to get saved. And then you'll be able to say your whole life, I have seen God do a miracle. If nothing else happened, and, and, and surely something else is going to happen, and there are going to be more miracles in your story. But if there, if there was no other miracle in your story, you would at least be able to say, oh man, I've seen the breakthrough miracle power of God. I've experienced walking on water, even greater than walking on water, greater than sight to the blind, greater than healing the leper. I was dead, and God, by the power of Jesus Christ, brought me back to everlasting life. I am spiritually alive in Jesus. I've experienced a miracle in my life. 
But I think what God is trying to break in today with is start expecting them, start believing for them, and start having the eyesight sensitivity to see them and acknowledge them. And then to say it, God worked. And when he makes a way where there's no way, it's a miracle. When he brings me through, I can't to I did. It was a miracle. God was in the gap. And he gave me the power I needed to overcome. And it doesn't always have to be the dead were raised or I walked on water. I mean, the gospel says that we'll do greater miracles than Jesus. And that perplexed me a lot because I'm like, so I got to walk farther on water than Jesus did. But that wasn't the heart of what Jesus was saying. He was saying, you're going to get access to kingdom power. And you're going to be a part of a family that takes that kingdom power all over planet earth. And you're going to see an explosion and a revival in the church like has never been seen during Jesus' lifetime. And you're going to be a part of the immeasurably more of the kingdom of God. That's what God has in mind for you. And as we close today, we're headed to baptism stories, which I love. But in the baptism stories, we're going to see that this power is available. And I want you to know it's available to you. A couple of quick things. Number one, this immeasurably more, this incredibly great power is available to everybody today. The first person to the empty tomb was Mary Magdalene. And it says about her in the text that Jesus cast seven demons out of her. So we don't have the most religiously, I've got it all together person at the tomb as the first person to witness the resurrection power of God. We have somebody who needed the resurrection power of God and probably had counted themselves out of the Jesus story. So don't let the enemy get in your mix today and say, hey, this power is for everybody else, but it's not going to be available to you. You strayed too far, didn't believe in God enough, uh, don't have enough faith, or whatever else your story is, this power is available to everybody. Secondly, we've got to be clear today, the power is available through the Holy Spirit. So we're not talking about meditating or tapping into some, you know, ethereal power source out there or digging down within ourselves or finding an extra level or a new dimension. We're talking about power that has a name and his name is Holy Spirit. And so we're calling on the one that we're now sealed with and filled with to be in us more than I can't, but to be the I can that God can do. And we know that from the immediate text. It says right above the prayer that we're sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. And then Acts falls after the Gospels. And what does Acts say? It's Jesus telling the disciples, don't go anywhere until you get the power. And he's telling you that today. Don't, don't go to work without the power. Don't go have that conversation with your sister-in-law without the power. Whatever you do, do not go into that meeting at work without the power. Do not try to fold the laundry today without the power. Do not do that. Do not go there. Do not respond to your coworker who just invited you on that outing without the power. Wait. Jesus said to his followers, wait in Jerusalem until you receive the promise. And what was the promise? 
the Spirit of God. We got a church busy running, doing things without the power. A few verses down, he says, and when the power comes, you'll receive the Holy Spirit and then go. Go be my witnesses here, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and everywhere. So the power is available to anybody, but you got to know today that the power is a person. So when you're going to call on it, you're not just going to go, God, I need your power. You can get more personal than that. You can say, Holy Spirit, I need you now. I need you operationally active right here, right now in this moment. The third thing, though, I want you to see before we go is the power operates best when you are quick to admit that you need it. Grant started in Luke 10 with blind Bartimaeus, this guy by the side of the road. And he's, he's, he's yelling out because he heard Jesus was coming by. Son of God, have mercy on me. They try to shut him down, but he won't have it. Eventually, Jesus hears him, says, bring him to me. Verse 51, crazy verse. Jesus is standing there with a blind man. Jesus heals the sick. Jesus does miracles. So you know what's going to happen. Why doesn't Jesus just say, I know who you are. I know what you need. Bam, you can see. He asks him in verse 51, crazy question. He says, what do you want me to do for you? Remember that from Grant's message? What do you think I want you to do for me? I'm blind. What do you think I want you to do? You're Jesus Christ for crying out loud. And I haven't been able to see my life. And so I was thinking maybe I could see. What do you, why are you even asking me this? And I think it's just Jesus sort of putting it in focus today. Maybe the gap between you and the power source that's available to you. And it just may be that the thing that's keeping you from experiencing the immeasurably more of God in your life today is that you're just not willing to to say that you need it. It didn't take Bartimaeus two seconds to say, I don't know if this is a trick question or what the deal is here, but I want to see, just to go on record, I need to see, I need sight. You're here, I'm here, and I got a need, and the need is I'm blind, and I want to see. And I think so many times we would have been in that story, and as crazy as it sounds, we would have been at the other end of that question, what do you want me to do? You know, I'm good. I just want to say, hey. You know, I got my little cup here and people drop coins in it every day or so and I'm getting by and paying the rent and, you know, I got my cloak and my little mat that I lay on and I'm good. I just wanted to meet you. You seem like an amazing guy. That would be the story of a lot of us in our life. I'm good. I'm fine. I got it. I'm all right. Instead of saying today to somebody nearby, I'm in trouble and I need help. My marriage is on the rocks and I need help. I'm going under a tide of depression. 
I need help. I am addicted and I can't get free. I need help. And I am not afraid today to say to God and the people around me, I need breakthrough, miracle power. I admit it. I'm opening up about it. I'm being honest about it. I need people around me to help me on that journey. And for some of us in the gathering today, the power is right there. Your eyes need to be open to see it, but it's available and operative at the moment that you're willing to say, I need God to do a miracle in this area of my life. We lose alone and we win together. And some of us are losing today. You're losing right now. Oh, your front still looks good. Your, your game still sounds strong, but you are losing today and you know it. And you're losing because you're not willing to say where you are so that you can then access the power that God has already made available to you. And that power, although it is great, is available for the biggest thing you need and the smallest thing you need today. You can't offend God by saying, I'm struggling just having peace of mind today about my Thursday. I need a breakthrough miracle power. And God can say, okay, let's reverse engineer. Let's get from right here and let's get inside the tomb for a minute. Come on, let's get in here. All right, let's look around in here. Let's all take a deep breath of in here. Let's breathe some of this air. Let's breathe some of this resurrection air. And remember that God has already done the greatest thing that's ever been done. Let's do remember that Jesus said it is finished on Friday. But let's remember that God said, arise, my love, on Sunday. And you need to hear him say over your life today, arise my love. Yes, it is finished, but arise, my love. It's, it's gonna, you're going to be good on Thursday. And you're like, oh, yeah, okay. And then you get back over here on Thursday where you felt overwhelmed. But you somehow have been able by the grace of God to reverse engineer back to, wait a minute, I've got power. I am not going to be wiped out on Thursday. I'm actually going to endure on Thursday. I'm not going to get steamrolled by my responsibility today. God's going to give me supernatural power for my responsibility today. At the end of this day, I'm not going to say, man, I don't know how I made it through that. I need another drink. At the end of this day, I'm going to go, thank you, God. I couldn't, but you could. Thank you for getting me in the tomb early so I could get back over here and get my mind right and get my expectations right, get my prayers right, start believing right that you were going to do more than I could ever do. See, we want to just sit in what we've lost. And he's like, no, you got to get over here and start with what you've gained. We, we want to stay over here with what's died in our lives, the vision or the dream or the relationship or the job opportunity or whatever it was that died. He said, no, you got to start over here with what's alive and who's alive in your life. And then you reverse engineer back to the other side of the equation. You, you, you can't sit over here in the darkness of Friday's cross. You got to start over here in the sunrise of Easter resurrection. Then you got to get back over here in the grit and the grind of whatever it is that you've got to navigate today and you got to navigate it in the power of God. And it won't offend God if you say, 
God, even this little thing right here today, I need a miracle. He'll say, okay, I got power for that. I can change your attitude right now. If that's what you're asking, are you asking me as the Holy Spirit of God in you to help you change your attitude to that person before you respond to them right now? I got power for that. Let's do it. And at the end of the day, you're like, man, I saw a miracle today. And they're like, what happened? What happened? What happened? Yeah, I was coming down the the interstate, the connector through downtown. And unbelievably, my lane just parted and I drove straight through downtown. It was unreal. I've heard of Moses, but he got nothing on me. No, somebody says, what happened? What happened? What do you mean a miracle? What kind of miracle? I was at work and man, I got a dart like right between the eyes and I was two seconds away from throwing something into that conversation that was gonna ignite a fire. And I remembered that I have access to incomparably great power and I asked the Holy Spirit to change my attitude and he did. And when I responded, I said, I think we should talk about it later. Can we give God some praise? Can we have a little praise moment? And your friends are like, yeah, praise God. Breakthrough miracle power. What, somebody got healed? Uh, Well, about on that level. Because when's the last time you saw me hold my tongue? When's the last time you saw me not punch somebody back? When's the last time you saw me not say, I'm gonna win this one, watch me go? It was a miracle, people. And that's what's available to you and me. And we, as we see these stories today, I'll close with this. I wish I could preach a whole message on it. That power that we're talking about is primarily, not solely, please understand, but primarily to help you and me propel the gospel story to the ends of the world. So if you really want to see a miracle, I want to show you where to start. This is the easiest way to start. Do not start with, um, I need a parking space. Now, pray for one if you want to. I do. And you usually get one. It doesn't normally not the one at the front. But Lord, I need a parking space. He says, should have been more specific. You're parking over there by the Target and walking. Okay, I need that parking space. I need them to move now. And I need to park in there. If you want to see a miracle, don't start with that. If you want to see a miracle, start with somebody that you're burdened for who's lost and start praying that God would miraculously open their eyes and give them sight. And that he would give you the sensitivity, the wisdom to serve them well, love them well, and the courage to tell them the story of Jesus when the time is right. Would that not be a big miracle for a few people in the room? That would be a miracle, right? You'd be like, I don't know if I could do that or not. I've never done that. Well, see, that'd be a miracle. And you'd be able to tell your people when you got home, I had a miracle today, what happened? I actually told my friend at the gym about my relationship with God. Hello. The power primarily is to enable the church to survive the gap as the people of God until the moment that we see him again. 
and to give us the anointing that we need to proclaim the story of Jesus to the ends of the world. The power is primarily not to improve your life, but so that somebody else can come to life. And if you start praying that way, living that way, leaning that way, asking the Holy Spirit that way, it's not gonna be long before you have a miracle story. And then you're gonna start seeing miracle stories rippling every different direction. But yes, God wants to meet your need. And if you can't pay your rent this month, you should be asking him for a breakthrough. If you're facing cancer, you should be asking God for a breakthrough, either healing, the grace to sustain, the ability to be light in a chemo ward, whatever it is that God wants to do in that moment through you. But if you get someone on your radar that's not a part of the body of Christ, the Christ who's the head of the church, who has the title above every title and sits above every power and dominion, and who has been raised there by God's mighty exerting strength to sit in that place, then you're not gonna know fully all of what God has for you. You've got a future and a calling. I'm telling you today, don't let the enemy hide that from you. You have value today and you've got access to power today. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at passioncitychurch.com or download the Passion Movement app. And again, thanks for listening to the Passion City Church Podcast.